All right, are we uh, ready to go? Uh, I think so, yeah. I'm playing with toys. Okay. Hello, and welcome to the final episode of Stasis Pod, the Transformers animated podcast. On this episode, we are going to wrap up our discussion of Transformers animated and uh, make way for the next series that we'll be covering. Uh, spoilers, it's Transformers Prime. <laughs> I thought we were going to do Energon. Oh, yes, uh, we, we all sustained massive head trauma and we decided that, uh, we should cover Energon for a full calendar year. <laughs> oh my god, it would be that too. Cause it was yeah, so many episodes. <laughs> By which point, uh, we would either be dead or envy the dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So uh, bad. Anyway, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. Well, presumably this is the last episode. This might be two, depending on how long we ramble. You'll find out when we do. That's right. Yes. It's a surprise to us, too. Yay! Those are the best kinds of surprises. Transformers! Transformers animated. Uh, I don't think we knew right away that it was going to be the series finale, although it certainly seemed like a series finale when it was a, a titch rushed. Yeah. yeah, I I think by that point, I mean, we had not we <laughs> how to put this. We did not have a confirmation of another season. No. And, and generally yeah, that's usually at a that sign point, that we're not getting a new one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually that means there's not going to be one. And I think around this time, um, Hasbro, Hasbro wasn't really getting along with Cartoon Network. Oh, yeah. That, that's why it ended. Because the, the um, Cartoon Network order, or no, wait, Nickelodeon's the one that orders 20 episode things, but Cartoon Network was doing weird things. I mean, trying I think out live action and weird Yeah, shit. they are trying out live action, and they were also giving priority to their own in-house shows. Yeah. yeah like Ben, wait, was Ben 10 sort of in-house? Ben 10's that? in-house. Yes. Um, I think even like the DC shows, like I think Teen Titans is in-house, yep. because I'm pretty sure Warner Brothers oh. owns Cartoon Network. Yes, um, Warner Brothers owns Cartoon Network, which is why all that DC stuff tends to be on, you know, that's why they had Justice League Unlimited and Teen Titans and all that, because that's mm-hmm. actually, that that is their in-house stuff. Uh, and that's what, also why uh, DC Comics did that whole Hanna-Barbera oh, thing. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're still kind of doing it. Well, there's a Snagglepuss comic now, which is... Well, but I mean, they did an, uh, like an issue where Elmer Fudd fights Batman, I believe. No, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think that was like the one good one. I heard that was that actually pretty good. Crossover series? Yeah. Was and then Riley I mean, Coyote Scooby-Doo's crossed over. Like, there's, there is a Scooby-Doo Batman Brave and the Bold crossover movie that's coming out, I think. <laughs> huh. So, uh, so yeah. Also, back in the old days, who else remembers the Warner Brothers Studio Store? 
Um, not me. Oh, I don't think we had that in I, Canada. Ah, uh, I think I saw one once. I've seen Disney stores way. More. We have those. Well, yeah, they I, they don't have I, Warner Brothers Studio stores anymore. Uh, it was something yeah. I don't know when they went away, but it was like the early two thousands. Uh, but they had one at at Fair Oaks Mall where I lived near when I was in high school, and then later worked at for a couple years. Uh, and I didn't work at the studio store. I worked at the Doubleday Bookshop. Uh, and they had like actual, some of the actual prop gremlins, like up in the rafters and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> it was, they had so much Batman the animated series stuff back then. Uh, oh. but they also had like Space Ghost stuff because, again, Warner Brothers owned Cartoon Network and Hanna-Barbera. Uh, and that's where I got my, my Hong Kong Fui keychain that I had for probably 10 years until it finally broke. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's, see, the thing is, I thought with Sam Register producing it, I thought basically Transformers Animated was kinda halfway in-house, but I guess it was probably more like, I don't know, like licensed sort of stuff. I mean, I guess even if it was halfway in, that still means you're halfway out. Yes. Yeah. It means you're not making as much money off of it as you're making off Teen Titans. Yes. However, that was not... Uh, they still had plans for what they were going to do if they made a season four, and those were released in the uh, in the invaluable and essential AllSpark Almanacs uh, yes. by the team of... Uh, Jim- AllSpark Almanac Volume 2, mostly. Yes, because, well, I think the volume one was just, that just covered the first two seasons. Uh, yeah, pretty much, yeah. It, the, the first one's like the first two seasons with a few little odds and ends. The, the second one is the third season and so much extra material. Yes. Including mention of season four on a couple pages. Yes. yes. More, much more than meets the eye. And it, I, I think these go for like a decent buck on the secondary market. If you can get your hands on them, definitely uh, do so. Um, They're great. Kinda wish I had sold mine, but you know, I I needed money. <laughs> Didn't IDW re-release it like a collected version? Oh, right, the complete Allspark Almanac. I think, yeah. yeah. I think that has some extra stuff I, that wasn't in. Yes, yeah, so I've got to track that down one of these days too. But anyway, yes, those are those are very good. And obviously, if you're a fan of animated, you should definitely track them down because they are definitely the most comprehensive reference materials we really had for anything Transformers related, period. Probably because it was such a limited thing, so they could sort of encompass yeah. everything in this uh, little universe that we got over the course it's of... It's more uh, self-contained, and yet the Almanac just, like, throws extra junk in there that... Uh, that I, I, I will say that I'm not a huge fan of, like, sneaking stuff into canon via, like, untranslated Cybertronics on a cereal box or oh. whatever. Yeah, I don't count that junk at all. Well, some of the things it adds in here I don't like that you can see. The stuff you have to translate, no, that that's bullshit. There is a lot of, it's, this is where I start using the, the term apocryphal. <laughs> uh, it's, oh, very it's stuff that's sort of semi-canon. Like, I, I would like to point out that the term canon is something that originated in reference to, like, Catholic teaching. Uh, so I feel that apocryphal is similarly suitable to steal from, like, 
theological study. Uh, but yeah, it's basically stuff that's not really necessarily canon, but, you know, it's accepted by some people and I don't know. It's sort of up to personal, personal gnosis. It's up to personal feelings, like how much you want to consider it as properly canon. Anyway, there's there's my theological teaching slash fandom terminology discussion for the night. All right. So, uh, among the things that were planned for this, uh, I guess the the season would have been about like Energon. Uh, uh, since, the, since the Allspark left like Energon all over Detroit. Yes, let me let me read a chunk of it. The season four. Through season three, there was the final, uh, though season three was the final episode of Animated, there was quite a bit of development into the fourth season that would have looked like. Overarching themes of the season would have been Energon! The act of reconstituting the Allspark left Energon deposits all over Detroit and its environs. Some existing plot lines continue, Mystery Sari's origin, Black Arachne's army of Predacons, and, and toys. <laughs> right, there was the trial of Megatron. And I believe there were there were a couple of toys in that that did not end up getting made, uh, like a Marauder Megatron, who's like a triple changer Megatron with, who kind of looks like Beast Machines Megatron with the the, the um, helmet thing. Yeah, the helmet is very Beast Machines Megatron. The the body is sort of weird, kind. It looks like War Within ish kind of thing, mm. design wise. Hmm. Well, it kind of looks like War Within Megat or Grimlock. Okay, sort of. There's other thing. There was a pictures of Hot Shot, the toy that was never made. Ooh. Uh, Power Master Optimus Prime. Ah. Well, that's a, that's a well they've certainly gone back to. Yes. Yeah. As as a random aside, that Hot Shot from this like Rescue Bots Academy thing is precious and adorable. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, and there's there's an Earth Mode Ironhide that kind of looks like the. One of the generations cups we or, no no uh the robots in disguise cup I think or oh um uh the Transformers Prime cup ha who, who I think was released oh, as was... Ironhide in uh Japan but I mean the the deal is I mean he kind of looks like like movie Ironhide because he's a pickup truck with big yeah. cannons and yeah yeah I guess he was going to join the cast to replace Bulkhead and then Jazz was going to replace Prowl. Mm-hmm. So then, so then you would have your entire uh, 2007 movie cast on the show. Yeah, <laughs> there is pictures of concept, supposed concept art where, well, Optimus Prime's got like flames on his feet and a star on his chest, and Ratchet's green like the movie. <laughs> so uh, yeah. the, the, the concept art may be an exaggeration. Oh, there, there's also a list of po- possible episodes: Ooh. The Trial of Megatron. All spark apocalypse now. <laughs> Steam uh. spelled out about uh, some radical Luddites trying to save Earth from Cybertronies. Mirror, mirror. Ah, good old mirror, mirror. Gremlins in the gears. Okay. It came from the planet Cybertron. Turf war. And Megatron must be destroyed. Oh. Interesting. And there's I, I a picture no- of Kaon in Lake Erie, which is weird. Oh. But is there any angry archer? Probably somewhere. I don't think it's mentioned on these pages, though. And and sadly, um, 
I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> Something was sad, though. Yes. We, we, we didn't get another season, and they had ideas and designs, at least. Yeah. Just didn't get yeah. it into full production. And apparently Ultra Magnus was going to die, which is a bummer. Aww. Yeah, that kind of sucks. But but the, the flip side of, the, of that is you get Sentinel Magnus in a stupid helmet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the stupid helmet's pretty great. It is a pretty silly helmet. I I gotta say, the stupid helmet is some A-plus stupid helmet. Anyway, I will say that we do get some Angry Archer uh, in the IDW comics, which came out uh, around the same time as, I believe, Season 3. Good. Ooh. Need more Angry Archer. Now, this is a five-issue series. Well, a five-slash-six-issue series. Transformers Six animated issues. The Arrival. It was all written by Marty Eisenberg. And uh, I guess I could just go through it issue by issue here. Yeah. So uh, since I've got them right here, uh, first issue, all one story, um, written by Marty Eisenberg, pencils by Dario Brizuela. And it's basically just showing the events of the first three-parter through the eyes of basically one character per one or two pages. Mm -hmm. So you've got a pretty amusing uh, couple pages of Sentinel Prime delivering uh, Optimus Prime's uh, eulogy, because they think he's dead. <laughs> and it, it the actual eulogy he's giving is interspersed with what he actually thinks. <laughs> <laughs> he's a jerk. So, for instance, Optimus and his crew went down in the line of duty. Garbage duty. <laughs> and while I never got the chance to know them personally, thank the Allspark for small miracles, they will all be remembered as losers. He's a bad person. Yes, he is. Jeez. So you know, you see, uh, you see Isaac Sumdak discovering Megatron's head. Ooh, important info. Uh, we get a battle between Starscream and Black Arachnia because we find out that she made her way to Earth by following him, mm-hmm. and then planting a tracking device to make it to Earth. Um, we get a little, uh, little bit of long arm prime sneaking around with what we know now. Dun dun dun. And, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much the, uh, the first issue. Second issue, we start getting what will be the rest of the, uh, uh, rest of the series, which is usually two stories per issue. Lead story in this is, uh, Attention Surplus Disorder, uh, penciled again by Dario Brizuela. And it is, it uh, presents something that I really wanted to see in this series, since, you know, Detroit is full of super villains who were already there when the Autobots got there. Uh, they were... We find out that Detroit had a local superhero, the Wraith. Yay! And uh, even though uh, he did first appear in a movie uh, with music by Transformers the Movie's Lion, it is not uh, Charlie Sheen as a phantom spaceman with a sweet 80s car. Aww... <laughs> It's kind of a great bad movie. I, that is that is a spectacular bad movie. But the Wraith is kind of he's kind of he's kind of Batman, and he's kind of uh, the Phantasm from uh, Mask of the Phantasm. Mm-hmm. Oh, as opposed whole... to the uh, Phantasms in the movie. You play a good <laughs> game, boy. <laughs> no, not and that. It's whole, it's whole. He's seemingly like a ghostly superhero, but in fact, he is just a guy in a van projecting spooky holograms of himself. To menace uh, supervillains. That's very Scooby Doo. Yeah. It's like reverse Scooby Doo. 
Yes, well, it it becomes actual Scooby-Doo, because whilst uh, foiling a robbery by Angry Archer, uh, Bumblebee accidentally reveals that the Wraith is just a dude in a van. <laughs> Oops. And subsequently, as he is now exposed, uh, he gets attacked by Colossus Rhodes during a jailbreak. Uh-oh. And, like, the city, which, like, we see, like, a billboard, you know, Welcome to Detroit, Home of the Wraith, see, uh... People selling Wraith merchandise, but all that love for him just goes to the Autobot, so he becomes insanely jealous. Well, I mean, yeah. Oh. And it culminates in, uh, you know, usually he was like, uh, the special guest at homecoming at the University of Michigan. Mm-hmm. But instead this year, it's Bumblebee who gets himself painted in University of Michigan colors. <laughs> oh. That's very Detroit. Yes. And then the Wraith ends up tricking him, slaps a, a boot on his tires, and then whilst doing so, stages an attack, uses a holographic bumblebee to attack the, uh, the football game, and then also, uh, hijack a blimp to crash into the stands. <laughs> uh, much like in the movie Black Sunday. Yeah. Oh. That's messed up. It's not very heroic. Eventually, the Autobots foil his plan, and he ends up uh, just in it. What is kind of a dark move for uh, Transformers Anime? Just locked up in an insane asylum. <laughs> what? <laughs> Shit's dark, yo. Like you see him in, in a straitjacket in a padded room. They sent him to Arkham. Wow. <laughs> wow. They didn't even do that with, like, nanosec. No. I mean, no. He just got aged into uh, senility. Yeah. Poor guy. And then the backup is Whatever Happened to What's-His-Name, uh, penciled by Marcelo Mater, uh, which is about Starscream after having crashed into uh, the Earth after uh, after his battle in the opening uh, three-parter, mm-hmm. uh, getting repaired and getting er, – get, does he get repaired or – no, he just gets an extreme – oh, no, he does get repaired and also an extreme makeover from Professor Princess. <laughs> Who puts him in, like, a pink wig and lipstick, glues a bunch of hearts to him. Aww. That's And then before he can kill her, he takes a hologram of the bedazzled Starscream and says that she will broadcast it uh, all around the galaxy (laughs) if they ever meet again. Uh, Issue three, we've got... uh, Stiletto, featuring another new supervillain. Uh, this is former professional kickboxer Stella Healy. Mm-hmm. Uh, who mm-hmm. is recruited by Megatron to steal an experimental laser, or a laser scalpel and experimental high, experimental metal alloy, which she uses, uh, to make herself, uh, boots with like laser stiletto heels. <laughs> oh, sure. Okay. And then she uses this to try and destroy the Ambassador Bridge, which links uh, Detroit and Windsor. <laughs> That's also very oh. Detroit. And then it turns out that Megatron did mastermind the whole thing. And uh, it was, this is, material is what he eventually made his swords out of in his Earth body. Mm-hmm. Oh, neat. And notably here, Stella Healy has no lines. Her sole word bubble is an interrobang. I mean, I guess when you're a kickboxer, you don't need to say things. Yes. Yes. So, you know, 
Female characters, no lines. Eh. I mean, I'm sure it's a a choice. You know, she's she's kind of like a Batrock the Leaper type. Well, then she would just be saying ridiculous French things. Uh, I mean, I literally all I know about Batrock the Leaper comes from the cinematic universe and uh, Hostess ads. (laughs) Hostess replies. Well, I will note that Detroit uh, does have does have its roots in. Uh, it was originally settled by the French, and uh, Detroit means the Straits. Mm-hmm. That's boring. <laughs> <laughs> However, second... you choose to interpret it. I declare that to be boring. <laughs> <laughs> and the second story is Bots of Science, uh, with art by Boo. Ooh. Ooh, yay. And this uh, this depicts a flashback to uh, Ratchet's wartime days, in which he, uh, he finds where a Decepticon cosmic rust weapon has been used on the battlefield, killing Autobot and Decepticon alike. It's not good. And he finds one lone survivor, uh, Oil Slick, who at this point had not turned up on the show yet, but had been a toy. Mm-hmm. Right. And he eventually convinces them to do like a like an enemy mine situation because he's a uh, also a scientist. So you know they they help each other out to work uh, to synthesize a cure, but then it turns out that uh, Oil Slick is actually like a chemical weapons engineer, and he was the one who created it. Dun dun dun! <laughs> that's actually that's a pretty good story hook. Yes, I mean that it's definitely like a like a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. So eventually like he gets he gets shot with the cosmic rust, but uh, Oil Slick does get away. So he can and, then go on to appear on the show. Yes, and but Ratchet does get the antidote, so he does not die of cosmic rust. Well, good. You know, considering that he is not dead of cosmic rust. So the uh, the moral of the story: never trust anybody. Yes, that's that sounds good to me. Issue four, we've got another uh, fairly comedic main story with a Nary Decepticon in sight. The villain is Porter C. Powell. Yay! Who, at the at the Detroit Convention Center, which I've attended, uh, it's the annual Auto Robo Show. So <laughs> I guess it's a combination of both the Detroit Auto Show, which I've attended in the past, and uh, a robot show. I mean, they're, they're going to have to have a trade show. You got an industry like that, you're going to have a trade show. This is, uh, yeah, sorry, this is the insincerest form of flattery, uh, with pencils by Dario Brizuela again. And, uh, Powell Motorworks introduces the bulkhead, which is just like a, it's just bulkheads like heavily armored vehicle mode that they are selling as an SUV. (laughs) I quote here, perfect for the urban warrior or the suburban soccer mom. Fuel economy? Who cares when you've got the power of the bulkhead at your command? Commuter traffic? No longer an issue. They'll all get out of the way when they see you coming in the bulkhead. That's right, the bulkhead. Autobot tested, mom approved. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. What I really like about uh, Eisenberg's writing here is that because he was, you know, the head writer on the show, all the characters... Just sound very. You can practically hear the voice actors' voices coming out of the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Bulkhead busts in. He's mad, obviously, but because Powell made the vehicle mode that he scanned, there's nothing he can do. And in fact, he 
is look going to look into suing Bulkhead. <laughs> it's oh. another one of those unfortunate patent or uh, copyright things like Soundwave. And and but he he tells everybody in attendance, you know, not to buy the Bulkhead. But Porter C. Powell like recuts the recording of that, so it appears that Bulkhead is endorsing his product. <laughs> buy the Bulkhead. It's the greatest ever. So this becomes a problem when, uh, you know, Bulkhead is, is on a stakeout and the Witwickies try and load their new TV into him instead of their actual Bulkhead. <laughs> <laughs> and so then the crook that he was, uh, uh, staking out was the Angry Archer, who then escapes in his own Bulkhead, which is in Angry <laughs> Archer colors with his face pointed, painted on the side. <laughs> nice. Forsooth, yon green gargantuan approaches with vexing velocity. Fortunately, I have prepared with mine own getaway chariot. <laughs> <laughs> but then, at, the, at which point, uh, Professor Princess attacks, and the angry archer, archer gets stuck in traffic because everybody else is driving a bulkhead. <laughs> Curse this unwieldy gargantuan. My kingdom for a hybrid. <laughs> so, you know, this is a problem. And eventually, uh, Bulkhead ends up infiltrating a contest uh, to pimp my Bulkhead. <laughs> in which Porter C. Powell is offering prizes for the, uh, the best customized Bulkhead. Mm-hmm. So he ends up getting tricked into going into a bulkhead with Porter C. Powell's face painted on the side. It turns out to be the actual bulkhead, who then goes for a ride and prompts uh, Porter C. Powell to, to yell, What are you trying to do? Kill me? Don't you know these things roll over on a turn at 20 miles an hour? <laughs> <laughs> I demand you let me out of this vehicle. These things are unsafe at any speed. Ralph Nader reference. Oh yeah. Oh yay. That's they explode on impact. They're nothing but gas guzzling death traps. Because they, they also have the problem of the Ford Pinto. <laughs> yes. So of course they are recording all of this and Porter C. Powell recalls everything. Good job. And the other story, uh, a Few Loose Strands with Art by Boo is kind of a film noir type uh, story following Lockdown mm-hmm. as he uh, heads to Earth and encounters Black Arachnia. So hmm. uh, so they have a fight. They also have some like noir-ish dialogue. You know, so what's, what's, what's a nice bot like you doing in a dump like this? You first. I'm looking for a bot. Aren't we all, sweetheart? <laughs> Used to wear the red face on your chest. Know this bot? <laughs> it's very stylized. And eventually, you know, of course, this ends in a fight. She tries to use her absorbing powers on him, but she absorbs all of his powers and seemingly throws up off screen. <laughs> oh. Okay. That's unfortunate. Welcome to being organic. Yes. And so it ends with both Lockdown and Black Ragnia on Earth, preparing to be in their respective episodes. <laughs> Yay! And that brings us to what was not supposed to be the final issue of the mini, but was the final issue. Uh, issue five. Uh, first story is Survival Skills, again penciled by Dario Brizuela, which depicts a pre-Earth Optimus Prime battling a pre-Earth Megatron on some unknown planet. 
But how could this be? They first met in the first episode. And indeed, the the fight ends with Optimus getting stabbed through the chest by Megatron. But it turns out this was all a training simulation. And even though he died, apparently, according to Ultra Magnus, he scored higher than any Autobot in Academy history. So this must have been like a Kobayashi Maru. I was going to say, it's Kobayashi Maru. The only way to win is not to play. (laughs) That's a different game. (laughs) And then our second story is Everything Must Go with Art by Boo, which depicts a the rivalry between Blitzwing and Lugnut as they are sold increasingly outlandish weapons by Swindle. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And this this is very much a, a Looney Tunes cartoon. They have very silly looking uh weapons mm-hmm. like uh lugnut has a talosian triple crusher cannon which is just like a giant magnet does it have like is it red with the white ends it is yes okay good <laughs> uh lugnut at one point ha- or blitzwing at, at one point has one that kind of just looks like a big sousaphone <laughs> Anyway, eventually they figure out that the same person has been selling them both weapons, and they beat him up. Yay! And that brings, and that was our final issue. It solicits a sixth issue, but that issue was only released as a pack-in with uh, Jetstorm and Jetfire. It is entitled uh, Rise of Safeguard, <sighs> but Yay! I believe it ended up being titled First and Second in Flight in the Interior. Uh, let me open it up and find out. I would say that that's a, that's a better title. I mean, I'm just tired of Rise of something. Yeah, that too. I think things need to stop rising. They need to just settle down and stay at a nice level close to the ground. To be reasonable. So we find out. Can you find a title page on the inside? I got it with the co- with the. Yeah, toy. I'm not sure, wh- but the the wiki calls it uh, first and second in flight. Oh, apparently, it's in the trade paperback. Oh, right. huh. okay. well, that's nice of them for you know people who want to read the whole series and don't have the toys. Hmm. So, uh, I, this. Uh, Picks up, unlike the first five issues, which are during, clearly during season one, uh, after Starscream has been captured in, I believe, uh, the Elite Guard, or maybe Mission Accomplished? Here, sure. Somewhere. Anyway, it's one of them, they've got him, and they scan him to see what they can do. So he ends up escaping, but not before they found the secrets of Decepticon flight. <gasps> which I guess is a thing. So, but they just need a couple test subjects. Luckily, they're these couple of goofballs, uh, working at a refinery, and because they are goofballs, they end up having a hideous industrial accident. They're so adorable, though! <laughs> yes. Even though they have a hideous industrial accident. They're so cute. And so, Perceptor is all, hey. I think we just found some quote unquote volunteers. <laughs> Except he says it in his Stephen Hawking voice. Yes. It looks like we have some quote-unquote volunteers. (laughs) That's more of a G1 sound wave voice. Yes. 
It looks like we have quote unquote volunteers. I can't. I'm I'm no I'm no Frank Welker. <laughs> no anyway, one it turns is. out that, that not only are they quote unquote volunteers, but they are twins, a rare anomaly, apparently a result of a split protoform. So keep your twin cest fanfiction to yourself. Sorry. <laughs> So yeah, they, they, uh, so it's, uh, it's Perceptor, it's Wheeljack, and Red Alert working on this project. So indeed, they do end up with, uh, new forms and new powers of flight, and they are handed over to Sentinel Prime to, uh, to bust into shape. And indeed, he comes, he for, dubs the first one, you know, he turns into a jet, he says, not bad, I'm gonna call you Jetfire. And the other guy transforms. Well, you don't get points for originality, but I'm going to call you Jetfire. <laughs> <laughs> and then when when one Jetfire says, you know, I'm already Jetfire, uh, Sentinel Prime yells at them. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's like people naming stuff at Hasbro. <laughs> I'm going to call you Jet Blast. <laughs> <laughs> But no, he, he comes up with jet, jet storm. You're a red car. I'm going to call you Swerve. <laughs> uh. All right. So, yeah, they, they go through, uh, the, through testing. They have to go through combat testing with, uh, with Jazz, who is also not crazy about these two goobers. <laughs> but they're so adorable. I guess they're not adorable when you have to, like, train them. Or put up with them on a regular basis. <laughs> and so, because they're doing so well, they load them into the uh, the virtual combat simulator. And then as they are presented with a tough challenge, we get a real, Megatron, that jet storm is going to crash into that jet fire. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're going to combine to one safeguard. Jet formation. Jet transformation. <laughs> they are, they do indeed form one big battle in Dudicus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> G2 so this one is for the best. This one is basically a toy ad, but it, you know, it's enjoyable enough. Yeah. yeah, I think it probably is better having come with the toys because you know then it makes sense for it to be a big toy ad. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, yeah, yeah. except it, instead of being like, you know, buy these toys, it's like, hey, here's some stuff about the toys you just bought. <laughs> so that is it for the IDW books. What's up next? Uh, uh, so we talked about the almanacs. Uh, we talked about the plans for season. sort of glossed over them. <laughs> There's so many weird things in the almanacs. I mean, there's a there's a playable board game in there. Yeah. Yeah, the bo board game, which has way too many weird references and things, and I, I can't imagine actually trying to play it. And it's oh, not no just references to Transformers, either. It's just a bunch of random references to lots of things. Yes. It's... Yeah, like, okay, I got it all, but let's find some weird things that are on this little game. Um, Machine Wars, uh, Atlas War, Pangea Wars <laughs> on Gigatron. Giganation, something or other. Gigantian? Uh, con yeah, something like that. That was one of the plants from Cybertron. Constructicon problems, uh, Squadron X defeated. 
That's Straxus the, uh... smells scrounge. <laughs> scrounge. Oh, uh, the smelting pool. Repugnance goes rogue. Gold plastic syndrome cure developed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. This, like, there's a lot of in-jokes on this, but the, this is probably the, the, I don't know, the Gordian knot of references. <laughs> so many words. Underbase lost. Ooh. <laughs> you know, uh, the underbase. So much like the underbase, to try and decode all these references is to invite madness. Yes. Even death. Yeah. <laughs> Devcon capture, captures cryotech. <laughs> and I mean, I'm sure if you did try and decode all these references, you'd become gigantic and then break like three years worth of toys. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but you gotta be careful. Th- there's a thing in here that I don't remember being in here. There, the Hadeen system is the system that tr- Cybertron is in. And it has uh, the planets around the star. Uh, what is the star called? Well, I guess it's Hadeen. It lists all the other planets. Uh, Cybertron is the fourth planet. It has two moons. What? And Cybertron doesn't have a sun. Are... I mean, sometimes <laughs> it has a sun. It, it, it did in Beast Machines. This series. It I was going to say, as we learned in Beast Machines, it doesn't have a sun except when it needs to have a sun. <laughs> except when it needs a dramatic sunrise. Okay, and, and we know it has there two. Are references. Two moons. Yes, there's two moons. Except when one has been eaten. Sometimes one yes. has been eaten. Sometimes both have been eaten. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, the, there are planets in this system, and there are probably more references than what I'm noticing, but the largest planet in this system is called Thulsa Doom. <laughs> it's a Conan reference. Uh, yes. With, with such moons as uh, Thothamon and other things that are probably Conan references. Uh-huh. The yes. second planet in the system is called Thasagua, with its moon Ibon. Hey, is that Clark a... Ashton Smith references. Right. No, not Lovecraft, Clark Ashton Smith. There's okay. some other references that are probably references to other weird things. There's Planet Dread, Thrush, Bella Gear, Thuvia. I think that's a Tolkien thing. <laughs> Maybe. And I think Thuvia is, um, uh, what's the, the, the John Carter guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, Burroughs, Edgar Rice Burroughs. I mean, it's got two moons, so maybe that, that is. It's oh. been a while since I've read any, any of mm-hmm. the Rice Bros. But I, I did not expect to find the Sathagua in a Transformers book. <laughs> <laughs> they ran out of Transformers references. But at least they went for that instead of Planet Cthulhu. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, they, they, they couldn't be too obvious. Presumably why you they could be used... like World of Warcraft and just have Cthulhu. You know, just. And presumably that's why they use Thuvia and not Barsoom. Maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Yogg. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at this list of planets in here. Uh, Eternia. Uh, (laughs) Thundera. No! No, no. No, this is in the next couple of pages, apparently. Oh shit, yeah, the the stellar cartography. Where there's like a giant galaxy map. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, some. Planet Mongo. Planet Crankor. From Prince of Space. Crank- no! <laughs> yeah, you can't it, just like, make the, the a previous one, it's like, Prince of Space reference Transformers canon. Okay, it's neat that you threw a few things in, but like, this goes too far trying to tie in fucking New Texas. <laughs> Is that from uh, Brave Star? <laughs> yes, I think it's probably. Brave Star or one of the other ones. I one think of it's the Brave other Star. That- Cowboys. Planet and- Orc! What? 
plant Mork from Ork is in this damn continuity. <laughs> nanu Nanu. Uh, no. Madripoor. Yeah, that's from X-Men. Madripoor. It may be spelled wrong. Pern. Like, uh, like where, uh, like where Wolverine is a, a bartender with one eye? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it a named Patch? Yeah. What? Did, didn't it show up in some continuity, some version of that, that like everyone knows it's just Wolverine and they're just playing along? Yeah, I I'm think that was in, sure I swear that happened that's somewhere. That's canon. <laughs> Pretty yes. sure that's I mean, six yeah. it's just Wolverine with an eye patch. <laughs> Everyone yeah. knows that Patch is just Wolverine with an eye patch. <laughs> they just go uh, along with him. <laughs> they feel bad. Anyway, uh, b- before we took this weird sidetrack, Jan, you were saying something. Did you read a comic or something? <laughs> yes. Or maybe we should talk about the BotCon comic first. Yes, I was well, actually going to okay. bring that up, David. Because that one is an official product, and it is yes. kind of what we got instead of Season 4. This basically is Season 4, because it takes the Megatron escape plan. It's like, he doesn't escape, but but that's the entire plan of the comic. It, it, the first panel is the last thing we see at the end of Transformers Animated, with everybody captured, Optimus with the Matrix around his waist, or neck. And everybody there, and Sentinel Prime's unhappy. It's being narrated by, uh, the convention exclusive, I think it was the- Stunticons? No, uh, it's being narrated by Sideswipe. Ah! his G2 colors. Yes. Okay, I think he was, was he Jazz, I think? No, he's, um, Rodimus. Rodimus, okay, that makes sense. Rodimus with a new head, him and Breakdown are the same, they're the same head, just different colors. It's like the stunt accounts are the five you get in the thing, and they're, they're the stars of this show. Mm-hmm. GT Sideswipe. Sideswipe is stupid. Why am I customizing the last No, because I have him. He's in your two Maybe I should look him up on eBay then, because I, as a general rule, I enjoy GT Sideswipe. Yeah, probably. I don't know if it'd be that expensive anymore. It's been a while. Anyway, anyway, they, the Decepticons are locked up in their old, what is it, what does it say, um. In Kaon, isn't it? Old. In Trypticon? Their old stronghold in Kaon, their stronghold is Trypticon. <laughs> just which, a building here, a not a guy. Yeah, just a well, building. Well, I mean, but... the Metroplex is also a building. Fortress Maximus is also a building. Yeah, on the next page. Yeah, so it's like, hey, it's foreshadowing. This could happen eventually, but it's neat. But like, I, you know Trypticon in his base mode, the two little thingies that are on his feet, the <gasps> times? Yes! To keep him from toppling over. In this comic, in base mode, those tines are, um, oh, my brain just farted. Because uh, I'm very excited that that's on the, like, recent Titans Return. Space Bridge. Okay. Trypticon because they don't need to be there and it's just such a great throwback though because it's it's one of those little elements that you remember so well from the original toy that there's yeah anyway sorry so so many little touches in this comic the the space bridges being his little tines is adorable there's little sketches you can see of a scrounge who has a drill for a head i believe (laughs) that the technical term for them are walkie bits those are his walkie, walkie bits. <laughs> no, no, he didn't write this comic. No. 
No. Uh, oh, speaking of which, uh, the story is by Marty Eisenberg, Derek Wyatt, and Matt Youngberg. It's actually written by Marty Eisenberg. Pencils and inks by Marcelo, Ma- Marcelo Matere. Yeah, he's Something he's like done that. like he. I mean, he did a bunch of this animated comic, and he does a ton of box art now. Yeah, well, he's been doing box art since like Energon, I think, possibly Armada. Mm-hmm. So he's mm. yeah, he's been involved for a long, long time. Anyway, uh, Sideswipe is an old cop on his last case, and he's too tired for this shit. And his young partner is Cheetor, who's a color of <laughs> blur. Um, blur, of course. And they they arrest Rattletrap. And there's a comment about, man, I'd, I'd never work with you with Cheetor and him. It's like, ah, oh, him gags. Yeah, that's cute. Wasn't Was it- Blur at least somewhat inspired by the, the old Transtech Cheetor design? Yes. That got out. So it's it, very appropriate that then. It's the circle yeah. of life. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Holding a Cheetor toy up to the sky while standing <laughs> on a big rock. I, I guess, guess you'd have to have like your boom handle that. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, their case, like, the rattle trap was, like, selling illegal weapons or something. Well, a fake axe of Optimus Primes. And <laughs> the, their thing leads them to a traveling circus. Uh, what is it exactly called? Uh, the Stunt Convoy. Which, which headed by, uh, Motormaster. And uh, he's basically, they, like, Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, I yes. can't not read his dialogue as Macho Man. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I think that was, I think that was the intention. Your rehearsal, Motormaster can read his name on the top of the marquee, can you, Wild Ride? Yes, I'm pretty like sure that was dare... intentional. <laughs> yeah, it pretty much is. Art, I, I think th- art dare thou dare bored? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, they're Also, performers... he's got a mustache. Yeah, he's got a big, um, is it a Lemmy? It's, yeah. it's the Lemmy mustache. Yeah. The horseshoe? Yeah. They're a stunt show in town parked right next to the Trypticon, like, prison. It's like, oh, it's so convenient. And, and Sentinel drags Optimus to this because reasons. Toxitron is there and he's just a ridiculous, stupid repaint of Optimus Prime, who's a moron. <laughs> he uses a plunger as an axe. <laughs> no, like you do. He's like, he's like, he's like, I wonder if that's a reference to the Toxic Avenger. Oh, probably. Yeah. Well, he talked, uh, Toxitron talks like Bizarro almost. Ah, me am Optimus Prime number one. <laughs> yes. And no, you am come back or you am face wrath of Toxitron energy axe thingy. And I think we can note here that all the stunticons are just like your, your regular stunticons, but I believe drag strip is a lady. Yes. Which is sort of unfortunate uh, yeah. that. That's the one they chose it's, to yeah, be the, named Dragster. Oh yeah, I didn't even think the of name, that. <laughs> well, it's a little bit more than that, cause like her deco, I think, I don't know if it was intentionally inspired by Kill Bill, but it works along the lines of Kill Bill, but her color scheme that way ends up being the color of the pussy wagon. <laughs> yeah, well, and also so, kind of the color of uh, Uma Thurman's jumpsuit in that movie. Well, yes. Well, yes. But also the, uh, if you've watched the TV edit, the party wagon. Did, did they digitally change the paint job on it, or was it the license? I believe they did. Wow. Oh. wow. I mean, just as they also had that guy bust in with, a, you know, my name is Buck, and I'm here to party. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a weird movie. Anyway, it's fun to read the comic with the things, and the, um, 
Iron Fist is in there, or did they call him Fistatron? No, Fistatron. Fist. Probably because Iron Fist would run into, like, Marvel problems. Well, the toy is probably, I think, Fistatron. In the comic, mm-hmm. he's called Iron Fist. Okay. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Or Iron Fist's workshop. His handle versus his actual name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it, it's a noir, crimey thingy that leads up to, oh yes, the Stunticons weren't pretending to be Decepticons in their show, there actually are Decepticons pretending <laughs> to be Autobots pretending to be Decepticons. Dun dun. <laughs> I have a dude pretending to be a dude pretending to be another dude. <laughs> yeah, um, the Motormaster, General Strickham, ma'am, Motormaster is pleased to report that Motormaster's prison break mission proceeded exactly as Motormaster planned. <laughs> Of course, it's actually Wild Ride's plan because he's sort of a crazy MC because he, he's a lockdown remold mm-hmm. with a different head. Okay. They, they use the Autobot toys rather well. Yes. I remember that being a nice looking set. Yeah. Their unifying color is kind of maroon, although mm. uh, Motormaster doesn't have that. Which is a thing, like, there are problems with the Botcon sets, but I do like that, well, most of the ones I have, they have like a unifying color in the main set. Mm-hmm. I prefer when it's a brighter color, but the maroon works with the Stunticons. I like hmm. the G2 set when it was just all brighter colors. <laughs> all the brightest colors. Those are the best colors. <laughs> anyway, they're having the final arena thingy, and then everybody comes together, and the Stunicons are about to beat the crap out of uh, Sideswipe and Cheetor, but then me am save you! Toxitron backs... Tra- Toxitron drives backwards, because he's an <laughs> idiot, and knocks a something down on top of the Stunicons. Surprise! It turns out that was Optimus Prime with a <laughs> different paint job, the electronic paint-like that Waspinator used. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Comes back in this comic, which feels like a thing that would have been in the series if they had done it. Having yes. a call back to that. Mm-hmm. But it ends up, yeah, they win. They beat the Stunicons. They're locked in prison again. And Sideswipe is finished with his final mission and retires to an Energon farm to quietly live his life. And uh, um kicking back while watching a meteor shower. Wait, that's not a meteor shower. The last panel is Stricka Blot. Uh... Was it Skybite? I think Mind Wipe and Oil Slick just falling out of the sky. Oh no! The end? Question mark. <laughs> Damn it, Marty! Yay! It's Team Char. <laughs> and uh, I will also note here that um, apparently Blur is seen, or sorry, um, Cliff Jumper is seen in the crowd holding a blue cube. <laughs> oh, uh, wait, where's, Aww, where's Blur? Crowd scene. There's a lot of people in that crowd scene. Uh, Poor Blur. But don't feel too bad because uh, in oh, a yeah, he is. Oh. in a in a story later written by Marty Eisenberg, uh, Blur was returned to life. Yay! Good. Uh, it was like one of those convention script readings, and I guess John Mashita was actually there. Yay! Oh, nice. So, uh, that, uh, that does it for that. I believe there's one final, somewhat apocryphal comic that remains. Yes, we're, we're to a, a slightly, uh, higher level of apocryphal here. Uh, thanks to friend of the pod, uh, Windchaser, uh, Cecilia. Hello. Uh, I got a hold of the TF Nation 2007 comic, 
that is uh, has some design by Josh Perez, a script by Chris McFeely and Jim Sorensen, uh, who, as you may recall from like 20 minutes ago, uh, <laughs> did, did the almanacs. Uh, it's in three chapters. I'm guessing probably split up because it's, it's a fairly, you know, I, it doesn't have an actual page count, but it's definitely like a small trade paperback, big prestige format comic. Mm. Uh, so it's split into three parts, each one with different artists, uh, probably for production reasons. Uh, the first one by Ed Perry. P-I-R-R-I-E. Uh, the second by Hearst Spalter. Uh, color assist by Natalie Souter. Uh, and the last one art by Gavin Spence. Uh, and there's some brief Andrew Turnbull on there, which hmm. I follow him on Twitter. <laughs> Another. I will, I will say as our local, like, fandom history specialist that I am the British fandom and I I take it that this is partly due to being just geographically and population wise a much smaller more close-knit group uh, their primary media having been like a comic book which you can write into people about and get you know editorial pages and and that sort of thing they always felt a bit more like they 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 seem to have a bit more ownership over like canon not not real canon but they seemed a lot more open to like generally agreeing on apocrypha uh back in the old days they tended to have you know their own like fan club zine that they took fairly seriously and so it basically what i'm saying is it doesn't feel out of place to me uh for a british group of fans to put together something like this that's very much sort of claiming the semi-canon like this and and just sort of putting this out there and saying hey this is what we're doing uh, whereas with American fans, there tends to be a lot more conflict and people disagreeing about stuff and people <laughs> not taking, you know, not accepting other people's headcanons. Uh, whereas the UK fandom has, like, since G2 felt a lot more cohesive about that sort of thing. Uh, so, <laughs> that said, uh, this really is... In a lot of way, it's kind of like a novelization of all the stuff you were talking about planned for uh, season four. Uh, it's it's about Megatron being put on trial. Uh, it's about uh, Zari and Bulkhead and Bumblebee venturing down into Cybertron to return all the shod, shods, shards of the Allspark <laughs> to the Well of All Sparks and reignite it. Uh, a lot like happened at the end of Transformers Prime. Uh, and it would, I, I do think it's very interesting to see, uh, animated, which so many other, you know, which took so much from so many other things, and then now possibly taking stuff from what came after it. Uh, though I don't know if that was just also part of the plan that just happened to also be the way they ended Prime. Uh, 
And they they get underneath Cybertron and they run into Black Arachnia and Waspinator and uh, Black Arachnia's new monster pet army people, uh, Inferno and Antagony. Ooh, uh, Antagony. That's a deep ooh, cut. Yes, that's that's a deep cut. There are definitely some deep cuts in here. I mean, you might expect nothing less of Chris McFeely. Yes, <laughs> yes. You have uh, Sentinel Prime being Sentinel ba- Magnus with the giant helmet. Uh, <laughs> he, he definitely has the giant helmet, and it definitely looks as ridiculous as you'd expect. Uh, he's a big jerk to Prime. Uh, so basically, yeah, you have the two plots going on at once. You have uh, Megatron's trial. Uh, you have Sentinel... Uh, talking about getting this Power Master armor that he's going to put on, I guess, to match his giant head. <laughs> uh, it's mentioned that it has user-sensitive electronic paint, because uh, that's going to be a thing. Uh, and meanwhile, uh, and then the reason why I spoke up earlier and was like, oh yeah, the Trypticon in Kaon, because that, that comes up here. Uh, it shows the Stunticons oh. all locked away in a prison. Uh, in cells alongside Blitzwing and Lugnut and Shockwave. Uh, and I will say that also all the voices here are pretty, pretty dead on. So, hmm. uh, <laughs> including uh, writing out Blitzwing's wonderful accent. Uh, <laughs> also, one of the L- warden bots is a little like lead- Armada Leader One looking dude. I think those guys first show up in the BotCon comics. Yeah, the, well, it's hard. I couldn't identify what they were. I think they were supposed to be like mini-cons, but they're all like chubby little head I mean, some of them things. are mini-cons, and according to the wiki, at least one of them is based on Wall-E. <laughs> oh, okay. Don't, don't you mean Johnny Five? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Uh, yeah, Alpha Trion sends Bumblebee and Bulkhead and Sorry to go on this errand with the uh, with the AllSpark while the trial is going on. Uh, they come across a mural that tells a story about how the Magnus Hammer was actually this mystical weapon that just showed up from the stars one day, and they assumed it was a gift from the gods, and it became a symbol of leadership of the Autobots. Uh, and there's talk about an Autobot... Let me see how it made the Autobots powerful enough to build an empire that stretched across the galaxy. And I'm like, empire building. That's not very peaceful. (laughs) It's not very. So I'm part of me is wondering if that's supposed to be sort of intentionally like raising eyebrows or if it's just maybe not thinking that hard about empire building. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know it's... look everything doesn't I realize that this is me saying it but I realize that things don't always have to be super deep and dark and sinister <laughs> well you know British and stuff and... <laughs> maybe they're fine the sun, the sun never sets on the Autobot Empire yeah uh, so Megatron asks Optimus to uh to represent him in the trial. He says, I am concerned that Sentinel Magnus does not intend to approach tomorrow's legal proceedings in good faith, 
As such, I send this message to formally request that Optimus Prime serve as my defense. I am told he is well acquainted with Sentinel's particular brand of ledger domain. Besides, in my experience, a healthy rivalry engenders the best performance among lesser mechs. He's such a jerk. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, he says, I guess I have to. Uh, and then meanwhile underground spiders there's a a very nice point where uh they all run into a big spider web and there's a big thwap sound effect that's in like an 80s spider-man font uh, <laughs> i may have to take a picture of that for rob uh but you know meanwhile there's the trial happens uh, there, there are some crowd scenes. There are lots of people there. Uh, there's fighting underground with the Predacons. Uh, poor Optimus is trying to defend Megatron while the Decepticons are <laughs> like shockwaves. Like, the logic of Megatron's course cannot be refuted. It was at his command that I infiltrated the ranks of Autobot intelligence. Megatron will lead us all into an age of Decepticon dominion, and those who resist will logically be crushed. Which is not very good for his defense. Uh, because, you know. Uh, Taking the old logic defense. Yeah. It's like, it's like arguing with a guy on Reddit. Yeah. But also the defense that Megatron is, you know, not guilty. Because of course he does the not guilty thing. He's gotta do the not guilty thing. Uh, but, uh, they get down to Sari and Bumblebee and Bulkhead get down to the Well of All Sparks and drop on all the shards in, and then the Ghost of Prowl shows up. And the Ghost of Prowl uh -huh. has been granted the ability by the All Spark to explain to Sari uh, that she is basically an All Spark avatar. Uh, oh. That the All Spark being an all-knowing, basically the Force, uh, not just a uh, a thing that's connected to the Transformers, but which is throughout the universe, uh, knew that Earth was going to get involved in in things and sent a little protoform to be its avatar, and that turned into her. The end. No, not quite. Not quite, because what <laughs> happens next is, meanwhile, at the trial, Team Char shows up. <laughs> which follows from the, the Bakan comic there. Yeah, they moved off the farm <laughs> after killing Sideswipe after he retired. Uh, I'm sure he was just badly injured. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, it's like that second G.I. Joe movie where it's just like, yeah, and everybody from before died. Uh, no, not like that at all. No, it, no, it's actually like the first G.I. Joe movie. And it's just like, oh no, we, he, he got a snake thrown through him, but he's actually just in a, co in a coma. <laughs> Well, yes, that too. <laughs> uh, I've got bad news, everybody. Duke has gone into a coma. <laughs> but yes, they have come to free Megatron. Uh, so there's a big fight. Uh, Sentinel's like, yeah, I totally wasn't expecting this at all. And it turns out Sentinel had actually... Stryka was like, hey, let us come in and just kill Megatron because he's a disgrace to the cause for getting captured. And you can look like a big, awesome hero. And Sentinel was like, well, I do have this big, awesome armor I just made, so let's do this thing. Uh, and then Megatron naturally gets into the armor, uh, and he <laughs> turns into what you were talking about with the Beast Machine sort of face mask thing going. 
Uh, also, Scalpel is there. Oh, from uh, Revenge of the Fallen. Yes. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, he was. I think he's in the Almanac. Oil Slick was carrying him in. Yeah, Oil Slick was carrying him in the, in the last panel. I forgot to mention because he's really tiny. And I think he just started out as like Derek Wyatt fan art. <laughs> probably. Probably. Yes. Probably. Does he also have a comical German accent in this? Oh yes, yes. His is right up there with the. Uh... With Blitzwings. In fact, when they get, when they pick up Megatron, and they've decapitated Megatron, I forgot to mention that. Uh, oh. Because I guess the Headmaster episodes established that that's just a thing you can do, and oh, they'll right. be fine. Uh, so they took the security precaution of decapitating Megatron. Uh, so Scalpel retrieves Megatron's head and says, I have you, mind commandant. <laughs> so yes, he is comically German. Uh and then there's fighting. Uh, Optimus gets all powered up. So- Sorry appears. They like explode onto the scene uh, from beneath Cybertron. Uh, and also, uh, yeah, so there are the Centurion robots that were down at uh, the Well of All Sparks, uh, which were very heavily based on the Centurion uh, robot stuff from the UK comics. So yay, UK comic stuff. Uh, <laughs> which for a second I was I was thinking was what it was that Richard Branson was uh digging up from the bottom of the Thames uh in his <laughs> comic uh oh, his right. comic cameo, which actually I thought of earlier today <laughs> because Richard Branson was mentioned in some podcast. I was like, Yeah, he was in the UK <laughs> comic. Uh but that was actually Megatron, but I believe it was after fighting the Centurion robot that he ended up at the end the bottom of the Thames. So anyway, uh, of course, this being a uh, UK fan convention, they had to work in some some extra UK stuff. Also, Scrounge is in some of the crowd scenes. Uh, I do want to mention that too with his drill head. Uh, also, in some of the crowd scenes is uh, Ruckus, which is the only good thing to come out of Transformers Energon, I would say. Or no, that was, that was Cybertron. Wait, ru- uh, Ruckus? No, Ruckus is a Generation 1 guy. No, uh... Ransack? Ransack. Oh, Ransack, yes. Ransack. Yeah, Ransack and Crumple Zone. Yes, those the, two the were two a delight. Damn, I want those two guys to show up in something else, because they're a great duo. The, the big guy and the little guy, a great comedy Well, I mean, we are going to get a, some, a duo of that sort in Transformers Prime, Briefly, I was gonna say that they're kind of yeah, like Bumblebee and Bulkhead quite. already. They're just like evil Bumblebee oh, yeah. and Bulkhead. Yeah, basically. Yeah, you got the uh, the little little uh, wise uh you know little wise guy, and then the uh, his big somewhat slower friend. Yes. So so yes. Uh, Cybertron favorite ransack is in a few of the panels. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Sari shows up. Uh, she reveals that Sentinel Prime and Strika had work this stuff out all along because the AllSpark knows everything and she powers up Optimus. And it, there's this great thing when Optimus shows up and he's all like armored up and he's got the hammer and there's just this picture of Sentinel being so upset and it's really great. <laughs> Sentinel wanted to be the big hero. Uh, and Optimus beats up Megatron. You got the hat made and everything. Uh, also, there's a brief subplot where Cyclonus is also being part of Team Char is sneaking onto Omega Supreme to uh, take out Ultra Magnus, who is on life support on Omega Supreme. Uh, but then they also thwart him. 
So bad stuff is thwarted, good stuff happens, there's glowing, there's beating people up, uh, Sentinel Prime is demoted, uh, and yeah, it's basically a lot of what was planned for season four, just, you know, in graphic novel format. I am sort of... Except with Ultra Magnus living, which I approve of. Yes. I am curious how much of the sorry stuff is was actually, like, from the season four stuff. Is any of that in the season four stuff from the Almanac? I think it just says that it will tell you what her origin is, but they don't yeah. say what it will be. Okay. Yeah, I don't think they ever... As far as I know, unless there was a drunken party somewhere, I don't think anyone ever told anybody what the plan was. Yes, yes. listeners out there, please uh, get some booze into Marty Eisenberg and write into us. <laughs> we got to know. Or Derek, he probably knows. Did Derek drink? I uh, actually got to okay. hang out with Derek. Seems like the, uh, seems like the uh, Arnold Palmer type to me. Yeah, I don't recall him being a lush at conventions like some people. I don't necessarily remember him being like not drinking, but I, I mean, admittedly, when I say re- remembering people drinking at conventions, I'm thinking either like Simon Furman's constant stream of Coronas, uh, which led to me <laughs> drinking primarily Coronas for most of a decade, uh, because I'm a dork. Uh, and, uh, the time Wankus was just like super <laughs> colossally drunk at the convention. That's pretty great. And then I'm not sure if Scott McNeil drinks or if he's just drunk on life. I think he's, I feel like he's, he's drunk on life. I think he, I want to say, and this is, seems like one of those things I'm probably wrong about, but I want to say that he was drinking like Canadian beer. Uh, but I could be absolutely 100% wrong about that. Um, so. I mean, as a Canadian, when in the States, I do generally seek out Canadian beer. <laughs> Probably a good idea. I mean, matter of matter of national pride. Yeah. When I used to drink, I preferred Canadian beer when I couldn't get or didn't just want cheap stuff or import Japanese. Mm. Labatt Blue was pretty good. I will spare you all the story of me trying to get good mead in <laughs> bum whatever Virginia. It, yeah, you it, might as well just, uh, I, I think if you want to do that, I think you're going to have to start by uh, keeping your own bees. Yeah, yeah, probably. Or I will have to find a way to import Brothers Drake from Columbus. Because oh. Columbus had very good mead. Mm. But yeah, so that's it's a good comic. I'm definitely glad I got a chance to read it. Uh, I don't know how widely available it is. Uh, but it was it was fun, and yeah, it's a good summary of the plans for season four. So yeah, that is that is the end of Transformers Animated. I think there was also a Japanese uh, like mini manga series, yes, Transformers the Cool, the cool yeah, there was... which I think is just kind of a retelling cool. of it. I think oh oh yeah, there's that, and also was, there was recently an animated. Anniversary fan comic too. I oh, yeah. I thought that's what. Uh, oh, in Japan, you mean? Yeah, that. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. that's a doujinshi. I, I'm sure it's a very beautiful doujinshi. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if it would count as a doujinshi. It, it pro- wasn't official because the cool was official. It came out like when they did anime. Yes, but there was I'm a pretty sure I remember the, the the recent the anniversary one being referred to as a doujinshi. So. 
I think it is very oh, much a. I, just, I, I remember fan seeing comic. it, and it was beautiful. And <laughs> artists, like, you know, and it, like, it was a very beautiful dojinshi. <gasps> I wanted that beautiful. The dojinshi. loss of Happy Hentai Home was a loss for the entire internet. Nobody's gonna get that. <laughs> and so, yeah, that is that is pretty much all there is for Transformers animated, and you know. As much as I kind of want there to be more because it was an, a fun series, I kind of like that there's just only so much of it. Yeah. And I think yeah. the Transformers benefits in that it can, like, just move on to the next thing. Yeah. But but take stuff with it. Yes. Like you... Like Bulkhead. With it, with it, yes. You, sometimes you take stuff directly from it. <laughs> yes. Well, I wish they'd taken more... Although I guess it, it's, it's... I mean, of course... Well, because I, I want Ransack and Crumple Zone and Bulkhead and then more things. And, well, they I guess they port over Ratchet still being a cranky old... Yes. Dude. Yeah, they... He... That's a keeper. That was one of the best things established by Animated was Ratchet being a cranky old guy. And there's a lot of animated Starscream in Transformers Prime Starscream. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he retains yeah. a good deal of that fabulousness. And I mean, Prime adds a lot of new stuff that we're going to enjoy as well. Yes, like But you rock. won't be finding that out in the next episode. Nope. Because as is our custom, between seasons we always do something a little out of the ordinary. And in this case, we are doing uh, The Mighty Orbots. Yay! Yeah. Uh, this is a series that Spoilers. I know absolutely nothing about. Same. <laughs> I have never watched it. Wait, you guys haven't seen it? No. I mean, I... I- I missed it when it originally. I mean, I'm aired. a young person, so Somehow. no, I've not seen it. Oh yeah, I guess you wouldn't have seen yeah. it. But Jen, it, the old cartoon. You know, well, I, guess, I only I even saw. I don't even saw, know if it aired in my. Era. I only even saw Robotech because it was on Sci-Fi Channel in the early '90s. Uh, so really? it didn't wow. like. I don't think any of my local syndicated stations where I grew up. I mean, keep in mind, I grew up down a dirt road in Alabama. Uh, so I had a couple stations out of Columbus, Georgia, uh, occasionally got some stuff out of Montgomery. Uh, but yeah, there were some things that just no one happened to pick up. Uh, nobody actually picked up Voltron where I grew up, uh, and no one had Mighty Orbots. Uh, but I did watch GoBots, and, uh, of course I did watch Transformers. Uh, but yeah, and Robotech, I don't think I would have appreciated Robotech when I was a little kid anyway. I think I needed to be like 14 to appreciate Robotech. Uh, well, but yeah. You, you might have appreciated Yellow Dancer. Yeah, I probably would have. I really like Yellow Dancer. I really liked she Gem. I think I would have really liked Yellow Dancer as a kid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that might have given me a lot to think about. Uh, <laughs> anyway... Uh, yeah, so I never saw Mighty Orbots before. Oh, I'm going to have to explain things to you guys. Is it yeah, going to be yeah, as yeah, bad yeah. as explaining Big O to Rob? <laughs> no, well, no. Although I'm going to make you watch another video. <laughs> because we return to Osamu Dezaki, or me referencing Osamu Dezaki. Ooh. <laughs> what about Go yeah, Nagai? So- uh, Seth, no, we don't get to talk about the, the dirty uncle of manga this time. Unless we, you want to watch Cry Baby, but I don't think so. Yeah, this, this is a PG podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we're in poor PG-13. Even so, I think but, that's still not quite, uh, Go yeah, Nagai. But, 
Gona guys usually are a soft R, but still I, I, I believe he was once described to me uh, as the uh, the Jerry Bruckheimer of anime. <laughs> there was um, who's Jerry Bruckheimer? Uh, he produced like the raw. He produced a lot of Michael Bay movies <laughs> and uh, like Top Gun. <laughs> there was back in the old days of anime, by which I mean like 1999, when the anime you got to watch was basically whatever was in your Blockbuster Videos anime section. There was one of them that we rented one time had a trailer in front of it for some Gona guy thing that I don't think I've ever quite been able to pinpoint, but it involved like cod pieces that were animals. <laughs> um, oh, oh, shit, um... Battle of Virgin June or something what? like that. <laughs> um, wait, let me. That that is definitely the name of an anime it, they would make I... up on Saturday Night Live <laughs> oh, for a sketch there. making fun of anime. Iron Virgin June. Okay, and it's got people it's, with it's animal messed up. Pieces. It's yes, it it's well the animated version is supposedly toned down from the manga, but <laughs> there's. Attempted rape and and the women in the family get stronger by getting fucked or something. It's ah, uh, uh, it's messed up because go Naga. I mean, honestly, it looked like like maybe a sex comedy or something from the trailer. As far as mostly what I remember is just a guy with like a turtle shell cod piece that then like a turtle sticks its head out of. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Gona guy. It's a pervert. His most extreme, like. He can't help but stick comedy in there because he started out in gag manga. But also, one of my favorite Star Wars extended universe, expanded universe races is named after him. Yes, the Nagai. <laughs> Which means they should be super perverted and all pretty. <laughs> and badass they're, ladies. They're just pretty elves. They're just pretty goth elves. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, I like them. Well, actually, his version of Pretty Man is kind of edgy, the sideburns. Yeah, uh, not so much. I mean, they kind of look like Patrick Nagel drawings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Ooh. Like, they're all just, like, blank white, and they got they all have really good cheekbones. Which is great, because you can basically play uh, characters that look like that in World of Warcraft. As of, like, this week, they made purple-skinned elves with white hair, so drow. And they made white-skinned oh. elves with purple hair, so, like, Nagai. Ah. <laughs> anyway, we won't be talking about going to God. No, we're we'll talking about mighty Orbots. That's right. So stay tuned. But until then, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Facebook, we are on Tumblr, and we're on Twitter. And we are hosted by IaconUnderground.net, uh, where we have a Patreon set up uh, that is helping pay our hosting costs and various other expenses. Uh, that is at patreon.com slash underground. Oh, and uh, this, well, actually, past week, I was guesting on a podcast <gasps> about a uh, creepy critter cryptid podcast Ooh. thing. It's creepy critters, a cryptid podcast, mm -hmm. talking about a weird um, Ainu Japanese Shinto demigod giant octopus woman okay I, I listened to the episode it was very interesting oh i will have to download Yay, that I, I haven't actually listened to the whole thing it, it, it was fun yes it was with uh what's uh, jesse? jesse cooper uh, i've also guested on his alphabet flight podcast yeah, it was fun. i was recently on that uh talking about some uh, marvel handbook characters Ooh. yeah i listened to that oh man you guys hate the eternals <laughs> 
They suck. <laughs> I mean, I can understand why. I kind of like the Deviants, but the Eternals are butt. <laughs> yeah, the Deviants at least had a, at least ended up with comics later where like, um, famous historical figures having sex with orcs. Oh, right. Uh, that, oh, that, what was uh, that guy? Uh, uh, Hickman. That was Jonathan Hick. What? Jonathan Hickman. No, I, what, what, his, his shield. It was Isaac Newton having sex with a deviant. Isaac Newton. Yes, that was, I couldn't remember what crazy scientist it was. <laughs> uh, it's a weird book. Anyway, yeah. so, and of course, if you want to write into us, feel free to write into the Maxim mailbag at stasispodcast at gmail.com. And join us next week in which David will tell us what the hell an Orbot is. Please explain the things. <laughs> but until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. For the longest time, I thought they were just mining robots. It's like, why is there a cartoon about mining robots? <laughs> Oh, it's, it's like it's like uh, war planets. Ooh. I can't I can't fight these other robots. I'm just a miner. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize it was just a misspelling of robot. Oh. Somehow I overlooked that. That <laughs> was like coffee, tea, or bots. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! That would be a really good Transformers title. Oh man, so. or maybe maybe they're gold. They're like ore bots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm stopping the recording. All right, I will also stop the recording. Yeah.